Hello and welcome to yet another Sit and Talk, aka Walk and Talk. Deacon, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I'm good. My eye is getting better. It looks less and less like I've had a punch up with the Mike Tyson thing that I was stating. Have you seen that video? Like it was like a what a month ago now of him like retraining again. Apparently he wants to get back in, back involved in boxing. No. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Tyson wants to he wants to get back involved, mate. And he looks sharp. He's muscled up and everything. Mate, he wants to get back into it's like it's like Ricky Balboa, the film Ricky Balboa, where he gets his license again to fight. Yeah. And then he fights the world champion and he goes toe to toe with him to the end. But anyway, yeah, I'm good. But how are you? Um, I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. We've got, I've just got to sort out my headphones because it keeps echoing apparently. So, yeah, you need headphones. I do apologize, but we've got it's a very, right. he's super professional. He's super, you can tell he's very professional with all of we've this. We've got a very special guest today. Um, we, do. we do, he's waiting. Um, he's a, he's a great lad. I can't, I can't speak highly enough of him. Um, without further ado, I think we should introduce him. Uh, let's get him on. Let's shrink. do that. Hello, Marvin. Hi. How are you, mate? Good, thanks. Yeah, you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, mate. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, it means a Anytime. lot. It means an absolute hell of a lot. We've got a few questions of where we want to start, you know, as a, as an ex-football player. Seems weird saying that to you <laughs> as an ex-football player. Um, as an ex-football player, you've been very vocal about uh, mental health, in particular yeah. men's mental health within the game. Um, personally, as a as a person that we've we've spoken off the, about this off air many a times, yeah. um, it does mean a lot to me. I just want to ask you a simple question, really: is when you were going through your uh, struggles and so forth, um, was there anybody that you could talk to? I think this is a big question we ask a lot of people. Is there anybody mm -hmm. you could have talked to, or anybody you could have turned to? Did you feel like a football club was there for you, any club? No, absolutely not. Um, wow. I think for me at the time, the only person that I... I mean, I didn't speak to anybody. I didn't speak to anybody for a long time. I didn't know how to. Um, you know, as a man, we just bottled things up and that was it for me. I just kind of kept it in and, and you know, it was my girlfriend, who's now my wife, who was the one who kind of you know, push me to to do something about it because she could just see me deteriorating day by day. And I, I, you know, if she wasn't there, I don't know what I would have done really because I wouldn't have known where to go or what to do because I, you know, most of everything I thought was, I feel like this because I'm not playing or I'm not playing well or, you know, I don't, most of the time, a lot of the time I didn't even understand. So I wouldn't have been able to figure it out or probably even work my way out of that no it's true it's true she, she's she's a she's a wonderful lady your wife um very 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 nice lady um deacon brilliant point though because uh, obviously um marvin i don't know if you know that we've had chats with paul koncheski and paul moody uh paul koncheski obviously in his sort of late 30s and paul moody in his early 50s so the eras of eras of football that we've had conversations with like, ex-footballers that we've had conversations with have been quite varied but sort yeah. of uh, but later on in uh, sort of earlier on in football, you know, you know, talking late eighties, early nineties, up until the early two thousands. So yourself is probably, or well, you are the youngest person that we've spoken to in regards to as as closest to days football as we can possibly be. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is uh, which is we were. I was really interested to find what your answer would be in regards because we spoke to Paul Moody, as I said, and Kincheski, and to ask them was there any support in the football area with regards to helping you for the invisible illness, as I call it. 
Um, and I find it frustrating, I think is the key word, to, to hear that uh, it's not any different in today's day and age, which is really frustrating. It might be an anomaly, but, it, you know, there's, it, we're, we're, all, we're, all, we're all trying to get through, but it sounds like it's, there's, there's still no major steps or even just awareness for it to let you know you know, as an open book um, at the start of the season or whatever, just or or, an, or a player uh, uh, um, li uh, liaison, just to let you know that there's 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 you know if you ever feeling like this or whatever, just a little bit of help. Did you was that never the case? Um, I mean, not for me. Um, I know clubs are doing things differently now. Football's cha football changed a lot in the time true. that I Very started true. when I finished. You know, uh, the money changed. Uh, the competition changed, the the pressures changed, obviously social media came into play massively, um, to probably more so towards the middle of my career. Um, so yeah, it's, I think things like that, it depends on the person. So I can't say that every person in football is not really caring of, of, no, of well-being and mental health or that every person is caring. You know, I can't, I can't say that. I mean, the, the probably the large majority from my experiences are, you know, don't, don't really see it as such a, a big issue or a big thing that needs to be dealt with, or maybe sometimes they don't know how to handle, you know, those people in those situations. Of mentioning it, isn't it really? Yeah. First and foremost, we talk about us being fellas, guys, uh, talking about emotion. It's quite a taboo subject. We don't really talk about it with the fellas, um, especially uh, in a, in, you know, in football where it's, you know, it's, yeah. And it's what hope. Obviously, it's extremely high profile. A lot of people treat football as a religion. I know I do. Um, you know, I make a joke about it all the time. I, I, li I don't live by year by year. I live season by season. You know, sometimes I have to book holidays dependent on when Arsenal are playing. Do you know what I mean? I've got to make sure that I'm scheduling in and everything. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, it's all fun and games or whatever. But because it's so high profile, it can obviously be quite difficult to be able to talk about very delicate subjects like this and 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 yeah. how to how to do it how to have the conversation yeah um obviously that's a massive thing with men in general and i think the, the fact that we're having this conversation now just shows that things are starting to happen people are, are starting to have these conversations and and it's becoming a more normal thing you know this obviously needs to we need to get to a point where this conversation doesn't need to be ha had because it's just a, a norm you know, it's just exactly, a norm yeah. to, to be able to open up and, and when you're in a in a you know dark place, a bad place that you know, you can go to your friends and say, Listen, you know, I don't feel I don't I feel like this or I feel like that and you can go to your boss or who your workmates, wherever industry you're in, and it doesn't have any implications. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is that particularly in football that I know, you know when you talk about mental well being, mental health people who are struggling from depression or, or anxiety maybe these are things that that they will they'll have effects on your career if you speak about them normally and that's yeah. the biggest problem that's that's it as well because think, especially for footballers found, yeah go on lee no what i found in what i've been been walking up and down the country and cycling up and down the country for the last five years and i have seen a massive massive huge change in the last 12 months of people willing to open up people yeah. accepting that there is a problem and 
You know, when I first started, like we said in a, a previous video, it was really hard. But I remember walking to Birmingham and my phone went off and it was a donation to our, our charity walk from Marvin, which uh, which got everybody talking and everybody having a laugh. And it, it meant a lot to us, you know. It was it was spurred us on and done something which, which has gone on to bigger and better things um, as we've been walking all over the country we've hit loads this year so far but obviously COVID yeah. might need to stop that but we want to talk about you here today marvin um you know, oh yes i think you're a great stuff. lad i got i think you're a great lad i think personally you're, you're one Thanks. of the nicest guys i could ever meet mate um i just want to go back to your football career obviously we'll um, start at the very beginning Deacon's done all his homework i've done mate. i did a little bit of research on you marvin i'm going to be honest I did a little bit of research oh. Starting in goal, I heard. You started yep. your football career. What what happened there? Normally, people start <laughs> at the front and then they make their way back. You know, I remember hearing Kieran Gibbs talking about how he was a striker and then he became left back or whatever. And you kind of hear that quite a lot, but you kind of went the other way. Yeah. Um, I, I started playing in goal because the team that I went to when Sunday League didn't have a goalkeeper. And <laughs> I just wanted to play football. So I went in goal and I was quite good. Um, sweeper so keeper before it was a sweeper keeper then <laughs> and I stayed there for a while and I got to I think about 10 or 11 and you know I kept asking can I play up front can I play up front can I play up front so I wanted to score goals and you know eventually one game you know we were, we were a really good team as well so one game they just said you know we're winning last 15 or whatever I can't remember it was you can go play up front and I scored a hat trick <laughs> and, and they, um, they were like oh you know he's not bad up front and you know, he's quite quick and he can shoot quite well so you know, we'll, we'll maybe we'll try him out there and we'll find another goalkeeper <laughs> amazing that's a great story i love that you're 15 Wonderful. minutes to do what you can scores a hat trick i love it i love that obviously trials uh with chelsea and fulham as well um football league exit trials they people don't really talk about it too much it was obviously it's i think the first time people really notice it is in fifa 18 the journey with alex hunter the very beginning of that in the game and obviously fifa is one of the biggest games out there as, as marvin yeah. you obviously had a few fifa cards yourself um fifa exit trials what is uh, what is that like what the premier league sorry exit trials what is that like it, it's literally a make or break situation yeah you know, it is i don't you have to be in that situation to kind of grasp really? how how big a deal it is, and obviously, you know, with we're, we're sat, I'm I'll sat in the changing with I can't even remember how many other players who all in the same boat been released from their club and trying to impress. They got you know however long it is, and maybe half an hour, an hour of football. Wow! Over the day, and it's you know that's it. At you that just point, need 15 you know, minutes, though, Marvin. Those um. <laughs> You know, you've got you have to do well enough for the scouts watching to to want to take you, whether it's on trial or give you a contract. And that is the that is the most important jump in football as well. Going from under sixteens to eight under eighteens, and from you know being at school um, to being full time to going from like kids football to actually starting to become men's football. You know, under sixteens to eighteens is the biggest jump in football. And at that time, there is there is. You know, if, if you don't if you don't get scholar, it's so difficult to make it in the game. So so difficult. You know, scholar wherever it may be. Obviously, non league is is different now. So I think there are more opportunities through non league. But at that time, it was like if you don't get your scholar, it's done. 
all I thought in my head is, if I don't impress here, that's it, game over. And for a 15, 16-year-old, that's, that's a lot of pressure. You know, I saw some other yeah. other kids that looked like they were physically going to be sick because, wow. you know, some people were in the changing, like trembling because it's, it's, it's such a high-pressured environment. But for me, I, at that time, you know, I, I just saw it as single swim and I thrived under that. I, I, I really just really, I don't know Roast what it was, but I just, I just rose to it, yeah. Love it. And you got your two-year scholarship, which was brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. That sounds really stressful. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. Know it, you know it's stressful, but when you hear Especially it... Especially for a young kid as well. Yeah. You know, that's... Yeah, with Yeah, I can imagine. imagine. Of course, the GCSEs at the time as well. I mean, obviously, we've all done our GCSEs and they're really stressful just doing them on their own, not including this on top of that. Mm. So, uh, Watford, obviously, uh, I think, um, I don't, obviously, this is me just doing some checking. 27 goals in 81 appearances uh, for Watford. What was your time at Watford like? Obviously, your first, your club. I know you went on loan to Wilston and Tranmere. I know Lee's got a, was it, what was it, Lee Tranmere? No, Willstone scored. I oh, was it Wilton, sorry, Wilton. Yeah. 30 seconds. They're a good bunch down there. We've done a walk to Dunwich yeah. Hamlet to Willstone. Good bunch down there. They're nice. Yeah, it is. They're, they're yeah. crazy, but they're nice. They're <laughs> passionate. I like that about football, you know. Football should be very passionate, and I think that's what we're all missing, yeah. if I'm honest, I think. But, Deke? Um, I've never. I've, I've got a question from a Watford fan, but before I do that, I want to ask a question. I know you took a penalty against Bristol Rovers in a uh, the Watford's League Cup. In a shootout, remember that? Yeah, yeah. What was it like taking a penalty? Because obviously we I all think I scored. Yeah. Well, there you go. I, I, I can't. I, I mean, it didn't tell me. It did. I couldn't find out whether whether it did. I could have dug, dug a little bit deeper. But what was it like? What's it like taking a penalty overall? Obviously, you've taken a few um, penalties in your career. But what's it like? It. I think it just depends on the situation, really. Sure. And, you know what's going on and and how how much pressure is on that. How much is riding on that? Because oh, okay, I I can't even I can't tell you how I felt at that time. It couldn't have been that significant. Um, I can't even tell. I can't even tell you if we won or lost, won or lost. I can't sure, remember. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so yeah, it, I mean that tells you how I felt. No, that no, time. no, no. I appreciate I've had penalties that. where I've scored um, late on um, for some teams, and and I've had penalties that I've missed. Uh, yeah, it, I mean everything depends on the the situation. I've, I've, I, I remember missing a penalty once. Uh, for Watford against Leeds, I think it was maybe a couple of minutes left to go, and they went down the other end and scored pretty much straight away, and we lost the game. You know, and, but that's football. football. Yeah, yeah. That's it's football. your team. It's, it's the best thing ever. If it's not your team, yeah. it's the worst thing ever. You know, it's a the flip yeah, of the coin, is. isn't it? It's yeah. you got to ride the rough with the smooth. It's it's. it's, it's <laughs> but then, obviously, you you was a you made your name really at um, Watford. Mm. Um, obviously, you come through the ranks there, and I believe you know um, you played with Anthony McNamee as well. I did, yeah, yeah, oh, top man. He was in my team as a kid. He was a great yeah. guy, great guy. Great he, was, guy he, was, he was one that, that really surprised me. Uh, we'd go out drinking as kids, and he'd be on the orange juice. He was so nice. <laughs> he was a great guy. I've got, like. I've got to catch up with him. But obviously, so you you go from Watford. Uh, what was your time like at Watford? Were you experiencing anything? What? pressure uh, were you, were, were nah. you feeling were you expect were you ex- 
hopeful for the future were you i loved it um and i didn't i didn't think about the pressure at all because at the time watford won you know they weren't the club that they are today they were a much smaller club and for me it was just as simple as i'm just playing football yeah i'm playing first team football i didn't really think about the size of the championship at the time or you know how big of a deal it was to play at that level from at my age you know and looking at my other teammates there were players that i'd come through the academy with or players that i kind of been around quite a bit you know around the football league because what didn't have the money that you know clubs in the championship now or or even what they do have in the Premier League now so we didn't have the money to go out and have those big name signings and it was a very tight knit tight knit squad so it was it was really enjoyable it was a really it was very much a family orientated environment around the whole club you know whether it was the dressing room the players the fans you know players families and stuff as well so it was it was, it was, it was very enjoyable very it felt very at home and very comfortable uh, that, that's that's so Thank obviously then then obviously we went on to Bolton which we we really want to touch on which is why yeah. I, I kind of asked you to come on um obviously you left for from Watford to Bolton um deadline, deadline day, day. on deadline day yeah. so what was How, it like yeah. what was it like to obviously you know you see the absolute bedlam that deadline day causes on Sky Sports uh, you know, um, who is it? I can't remember. He gets the tie out and everything. Gets the, I can't remember his name. Um, Jim White. Jim, Jim White. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yes, he gets the tie out. It gets all very, it's all, you know, it's all very serious. Um, but what's it like moving on deadline day? Was that for you maybe the moment where you felt, I've, right, I'm, I'm making some progress here? You know what I mean? Uh, but, you know, it was a big move. What are you thinking? Uh, it, I mean, it, it was just very chaotic it happens very quickly and and you know you don't really get a lot of time to think on deadline day things right. just happen and and you you just go and sign paperwork and the next day you're at training you know it, it, oh. that's that's literally how it how it is and i i never met the manager before i signed i had a conversation with him on the phone for a couple of minutes um i didn't I didn't know anything about the area. I didn't know anything really about the club or about the the players or the team, the way they played, or you know, because I didn't have time. I didn't have time to to really look into it. I just saw an opportunity to play a Premier League club, which I thought amazing. Let's go and do that, and and you know, it didn't work out how we all hoped it would have worked out. So obviously, you leave um, you leave Watford and you travel what two hundred and forty miles north. And go live there. Um, obviously, you got your family and so forth back down south. Um, how how did you feel about that? As in, is that where you started to see the flaw, not, not uh, the the cracks in the system? Did you did you start to? Is that where it all kind of started from? Uh, the um, yeah, it was around that point. I'd say I think the biggest thing for me was there was so much pressure on me at the time, you know, and because I was. You know, at a club where they were, they were a lot bigger than Watford were, and Watford yeah. Watford are probably you know I found that very difficult to to kind of deal with the intrusion on my personal life at times, and because I when I moved up there I was living in the the hotel which had inside the stadium, and I was living there for yeah. Yeah. a couple of months, and before I eventually found my place in Manchester and. For me, it just felt like it was just all-consuming at that time. You know, I didn't, I, I didn't have any escape. 
whether it was going to, to a restaurant and you know I'd have people taking pictures on the you know from their table or or looking at me when I walked in and I found it very uncomfortable and I was see quite young at the time I was just about to turn twenty one um, so I, I found it very comfortable and it was a completely different environment and then so you add the pressure of the fee and the fact that they're in Premier League and and as well as the fact that I didn't play, get to play much was you know it's very difficult to do it yeah mentally i can imagine that obviously that's coming back obviously you signed for bolton just after you um represented great britain in uh the olympics london 2012 which was big success obviously i loved the london 2012 and yeah, so I did. it was chaos <laughs> it was i live i live i live not fun. too far from stratford and everyone was like the olympics in london and we all went okay in east london and we went yeah, great, right, RJ? <laughs> chaos, absolute chaos. But it was great. The it, the atmosphere everyone got. It was such a, a joyous uh, occasion and whatever. But what, what was it like to represent Great Britain? Yeah, Obviously, you amazing. represented England under twenties and under twenty ones, which yeah. is an amazing, uh, amazing thing. Scoring, you know, debut goal against uh, Azerbaijan. Um, what but, a goal it was! What, what goal exactly? What a goal! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a goal! Um, but Great Britain. 15, 15 lads. I think it was like five Welsh, mm. Welsh fellas in the team. What was it? What was that experience like? So, I mean, that was a, a great experience. Um, the the whole the whole event of the Olympics was just a, a, a wonderful occasion for everybody British. Really, I'd say. You know, just even watching on looking at the other events, before, not after, not before, but afterwards, after we did finish the tournament ourselves. You know, it's just amazing the way it brought people together. And so the, the atmosphere yeah. and the feel of it was amazing um, in terms of an experience. You know, it's one that will live live with me forever because there, there there isn't anything like it. It's completely different to any experience that I've ever had in football in other terms. And so I played in the under-21 Euros with England. And that, that was a – it's just so, it's so different. You know, wow. it's so – fast moving there's so much going on and obviously there are so many different sports and so many different people you know like being in the olympic village for example was just it's like chaos there's just so many people and it's there's still so chaos going on. yeah <laughs> it's still i can imagine chaos. yeah it was just it was just a, a an amazing experience you know played at some of the greatest stadiums of the country so well, that's, that's all you want as a football player, isn't it? That's yeah. all you want. It's, so let's go back to Watford. Um, let's go back to Watford. Let's go back to Bolton. So 2013, um, you had a suicide attempt. Um, yeah. Do, do you want to talk out? Uh, ex not explain it, but kind of. <laughs> yeah, I, I can mean, go into it. I mean, yeah, go into, not go into details, but you know I mean, where I'm going. I, I, was in, I was in a very dark place for, for a long time and I couldn't see a way out. And, you know, for a long time, I was self-medicating through alcohol. You know, I was on antidepressants for a while. I came off them because I didn't, I, I, I didn't enjoy being on antidepressants. They made me feel very numb. And so I'd been off antidepressants for, I don't know how long at this point. And I was just really wasn't in a great place. And I felt like I was just continuously just going deeper and deeper and deeper into this hole and not able to understand why it was, you know, get or get a grasp of the situation that was around me in my life or going on in my mind. So, you know, at this point, I'd, you know, I'd had many, many times where I thought about taking my own life. And this was the only time that I attempted to do so. And 
I tried to overdose, um, you know, just before bed and woke up the next, I, I mean, I woke up the next morning expecting, I didn't expect to wake up. You know, yeah. and I woke up and carried on as normal. You know, I didn't, I, I, I got up, got ready and went to training literally as I did every how, other how day. Did, how did you feel that day after? Obviously you're waking up and you wake up in your bed. Were you in the hotel um, within the stadium? No, or were you at this point, this home? is when I was at, I was on loan at Charlton at this point. Oh, okay. um, and I was living with my girlfriend, see my wife now. Um, she didn't know. And I never said anything. I just just did what I did and, and woke up the next morning. And to be honest, I didn't feel any different. Didn't feel, I didn't feel worse. I didn't feel better. You still felt that low. Just, just literally was exactly, it was like, well, that didn't work. So what now? Um, and just carried on. And I got up as I was doing it at that time, got up, went to training, came home, drank until the rest of the, you know, until I went to sleep and, How's that? Uh, done the next day. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I, I find it's quite like, go back to what you said first of all, foremost, you know, men don't talk about stuff and you literally yeah. getting up and going to work, giving the missus a kiss goodbye. See you later, love. See you later. Have a nice day, man. Close the door. You close that door and it's, you're still pondering why, how, why can't, why am I still here? You know, and everything's still going along. You know, it's in like the birds singing, the trees are rustling, you know, the sun's out, it's hitting you on. On your on your body, you can feel it on your skin, and you think to yourself, "Why, why, why? Where where am I? What's going on? Who can I talk to? Where do I go? What do I do?" And obviously, but yeah. did you talk to Charlton about that, or did you did you go back to Bolton and talk to Bolton, or did you just literally do what most men do, keep it to themselves and just go, "Fuck it, damn." Exactly that. I just kept it to myself. I didn't speak about. It. I didn't even mention it to anyone for about four years. So you know, I'd. Yeah. I'd even got to a point when I was when I was a lot better and still hadn't mentioned it to anyone up until you know I did so many years later. This is a very hard thing to admit, you know. I found that very hard, yeah. you know. It's when, when I when I talk about it on the walks especially, you know, people mm. ask and it's just like it all comes flooding back to you, but then I missed chunks of it because it was the medication and it was just, yeah. I didn't know where I was going, what I was doing, who I, I wanted someone just to put their arm around me and just give me yeah. a hug and just talk to me normally and sensibly and just say, mate, we're all going through, this. What? who else is going through this? And then understand that other people are going through it. And it just makes, it just blows my mind that other people are going through this. And, yeah. and, it, and we as lads need to, and I, I, I applaud, I, I talk to you often enough to applaud you to say like thank you so so much for what you do no, no opening up the conversation you there's no question about it you have saved lives which is um probably the biggest thing that any of us can achieve in our lives you know making a difference in someone's life is absolutely huge wow. but so how, how after after the suicide attempt so you kept quiet and then kind of did you just fall back into society and fall back into the regime of what you were used to in the sense of going yeah, it's, it's... it was exactly the same thing for for <laughs> another. It was another few months, and things started to change in my in terms of my football career. That kind of gave me a bit more of a boost, and and thing, you know, I I felt moving towards a better place, which helped. You know, and and, and then I I got to a point where in the summer after I left Charlton, like I was like my loan finish at Charlton, and I was just. <laughs> All over the place, and I was just—I was just drinking, 
an, an immense amount and just it's just just really not in a good place and it got to a point where I, I, I stopped and looked at myself and I said what are you doing you know, what's going on this is just not right this isn't this isn't what you want this isn't who you are so just need was to... it a big wake-up call for you obviously I think yeah. I think with, with drink is a big problem with us men drink is a massive problem definitely um, you know I lost an uncle to to drink um, mm. um, it's, it's, sorry to hear that no, nah, mate, he, he was one of the funniest guys I ever met. And I, I still think of him and I can't I can't not laugh about mm. him. Um so that's a massive impact he had on my life. Um so so obviously we finished at Bolton, finished at Cholton. Um so you, you can't did you did you kind of rebuild yourself and find yourself again after this this episode of looking in the mirror and going, Come on, Marvin, I need to sort sort it out. I'm um willing to talk or was there anybody you could talk to at the club you were at no again it wasn't there there wasn't there's a i mean there's a massive running theme here i didn't i there was never there was never a time when i thought you know i'm gonna go to the club and speak about this you know and at that point it was just i looked at myself and thought this isn't this just isn't you in any way like regardless of what's going on in the football industry you know you need to just stop this you know stop being like this and and have a look at the damage you're causing to your relationships to the people around you and and just be be more pure you know what I mean be be more yourself you know and I was very much going away from that because I had this massive ego just built up around me from being chipped away at chipped away at chipped away and damaged and, and hurt and and when you know things are happening, happening or whatever. Especially my football career and being told, you know, be, be, people abusing you and, and people calling you whatever and whatnot. And yeah, we get on to at that, that time. Yeah, I, we'll I kind of like build my ego up and and to a stage where I was like, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to let all this affect me on the outside. But obviously, on the inside, you just it's just it's eating you up. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. at that time, I was just like, you need to just stop stop pretending stop stop playing around just just be yourself and no, you know, a lot of a lot of reading at that time as well and which which massively helped and obviously you you you've got poetry we've known for a few years now you and your poetry I, I, yeah it's very good everybody should check it out literally it's very good obviously let's Thanks. go back a little bit to your time at bolton with um a certain incident that happened at Millwall. Um, back to london Obviously, racism has been rife in football over the last 18 months. It's been massively... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been really... <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, you got me wrong there. But it's been really highlighted in the press over the last 18 months yeah. massively. And obviously, with the induction of social media and people um, oh. having uh, easily tweeting you and saying something absolutely barbaric. You know, yeah, I, 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 to uh, Ian Wright, I think, about two weeks yeah. ago, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, Ian Wright being one of my favourite footballers. So, um, I just, uh, yeah, it's, um, normally he well, in his tweets he said, you know, I get this a lot or whatnot, but this one apparently really got to him, which is fair enough, man. I'd, I'd let everything get to me, Jesus Christ, especially on social media, where you shouldn't do, but in the, we're all human. Do you know what I mean? We've all got emotion cool. and whatnot. And it's, sometimes it's very difficult uh, to sort of palm off uh, really hateful, nasty comments sometimes. Um, so, yeah, Millwall. Um, a mixture of homesickness, 
first big, you're, you're, uh, a <laughs> huge move, being away from home, friends and family. I don't uh, think trying... this was never a thing. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, really? I, I mean, I think it was the manager at the time who, who ah, interesting. It out there, but that was never a thing. That I, it was never interesting because, I mean, I said, you know, the convers in the conversation that I had with him, I said, in the end of the day, I'm going to go home on my days off because I don't have friends here. My girlfriend lives down in London. You know, she'd come up every now and again as well. But if I've got a day off, I'm I'm more than likely gonna go down to London because yeah. that's where my family or my friends are. I makes, don't I don't have that here. So makes total sense. You know, I, well I, within... I don't see that as anything that's ridiculous. Uh being a young person away from living away from your family and friends. No, mate, you got yeah. Totally. It's you join the yeah. army, the minute yeah. you get out of the army on leave, the first thing you do is go back straight home. You're like, oh, let me go yeah. back home. Let me see everybody. It, let me see how everybody's doing. Yeah. And it's normal to miss people. And that was it. I miss people. I don't, I don't, I, I you know, I, there was some strange thing that people thought, you know, for, for some reason I didn't like living up north. You know, I didn't, that's, fans at the time, that's what they thought. And I said, well, that's not the case, but it didn't. It at the time it didn't really matter what I said because people had this preconceived notion in their mind anyway. And see, when I moved to Burnley, I lived in Manchester and I loved it. And it was different because I, you know, I, I settled more up there. I had friends, you know, I, and I you built your network. Well, yeah, built my network, so it was, it was it was easier to to spend a lot more time up there. And eventually, my girlfriend moved in as well. So, you know, it. It's Major very happy. different. That's it, isn't it? It's, 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 it is. But obviously now you're working with the FA. We touched on the subject of racism. Um, mm. You're working now with Liam Brosinia and Paul Elliott, um, two two stars that I really looked up to. Um, not so much as Liam Brosinia because I was a little bit older, but Paul Elliott was an absolute legend. I, I loved mm. him playing football. Um, obviously, that is the... Oh, the IAB. I, yeah, IAB. Um, how, how are you finding that at the moment? Uh, well, we just had our first meeting a couple of weeks ago. So it's just, I think for me at the moment, it's just learning about what the role entails and, and how much Im impact and influence I guess we can have on the game. See, the game at the moment is standstill. Nobody knows really what's yeah. going on. And I think there are probably more pressing issues than what's going on. What the kind of work that we would do because in the end of the day if, if games can't be played there's no game to to kind of clean up or fix or help so i think obviously the, the main priority is getting football on pitches yeah and, and getting everybody back in and socializing yeah. and keeping fit and people yeah, exactly. and having a little bit of passion and i've got so, a few yeah I've, so I've, i think I've, it's yeah, so it's for me at the moment. It's just about understanding what the role entails and the kind of work that they've done so far, and 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 then go forward. No, we we definitely keep an eye on that. That's that's a really interesting uh, thing that you're doing, and I'm totally massively behind you. You know, I don't think, I, mm. you know, it's a racism is it, is really bad, especially on social media where I've I've seen yeah. it constantly, and it's just what what possesses you to tweet someone if you've had a game I, I think you're gonna hold your hands up and go do you know what i'm gonna expect a little bit of slack here you were rubbish today marvin you're kind of like yeah, yeah. All right, mate. I'm, I'm all right with that that's fine but when you go into someone's uh, family race religion so forth it just why this is uh, we're, we're massively against that for, for 
for every reason possible, you know. It's yeah. not the way it is and shouldn't shouldn't be. And anybody that founds um, committing these these barbaric acts should be definitely banned for life from football as far as I'm concerned. There's no no place in football for it, if I'm honest. Which no brings it to that Millwall moment. Uh, yeah. 2013, playing against Millwall. Um, some things were said to you mm-hmm. um, on the football pitch. Obviously, we I, I, you know, it's uh, there's only so many times I can I, I'm able to go to watch live football. Um, so a lot of the time I watch it on telly. Um, and you do see replays of moments and stuff like that. But I've I've never been there in the situation where I have seen something really just disgusting. Um, do you, are you able to talk talk a little bit about what was going through your mind at the time, being in such a high profile moment? <laughs> You know, all the eyes are on you, TV, cameras, everything. So it's not like a social media thing where you can hide your face from, you know, emotion. If something's said to you, you you're going to have a live reaction to it. Mm. Whereas on social media, you can collect your thoughts and maybe come back in however fashion you want to, of course. But in that situation, it's... Uh, what do you do? Um, I mean, it's just shock, really. It's the same. It's the same as, as when we played Serbia, and kind of yeah. that happened in the whole stadium. It's it's just you're you're shocked at what you're hearing. You don't. I mean, it's, it takes a minute to register, um, and actually understand you know what's 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 been said to you or what you're hearing, um, which yeah, obviously is is not not great to hear. But you know, as you said, we we've been fighting this for decades you know it's been it's been massive in not just in football but in society in in the world not just in this country so you know this is oh, something that, that I, I'm, even to till today you know we're, we're seeing and we're having to fight and even at time like t- at times it shocks me at times it it doesn't shock me it just depends on what it is when it is um so yeah I mean, I don't really know what to say to me because. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree, mate. I, totally I remember, I remember that watching that Serbia game. Not a normal situation. Yeah. And literally, am I right in saying? I'm sure as hell. We were in the the black away shirt, well, bluey, blacky yeah. the away shirt, and weren't they like squaring up to each other? Like the England players, well, you lot were going absolutely. Yeah, it, there was like it, crazy it off massively at the end of the game, and rightly um, so. And I, yeah. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, but it's just it's just not on. You know, you go football, you want to cheer on your player. You know, you cheer yeah. on your teams. But this is this is we got. To, we have to change everything. I think everybody has to come together and have an understanding of what is going on and the way people are feeling. You know, we're talking about mental health here. You know, uh, obviously, if you're playing football and you're getting racially abused, I don't. That's just going to absolutely destroy you. You know. How is that going to make you feel as an individual? It's it's not right. It's not on. And it should be absolutely booted out straight away without question. It, it yeah. just baffles me. It's like what you said. You don't know what to do. Laugh or, or absolutely get mad. Or take you, it takes you a couple of minutes to get in. I think the Man City supporter that got done, uh, Man Manchester Derby, that got dragged yeah. out. And I, I, I had to watch about 60 times to understand. what, what Wait, what are you doing? What possesses you yeah. in your head to think that? Yeah. Especially in today's day and age where there's cameras everywhere. Yeah, yeah. no, yeah, everyone's 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 just... paparazzi because everyone's got social you know social media and a, and, a, and a smartphone. I just it I and everyone's information's out there. It just you know I mean? belief. I've got to, I've got to go to a few questions here, Marvin, if you don't mind. Um mm-hmm. 
Here's one from Starkey. Uh, even with the stress and struggles, uh, do you regret becoming a football player? Do you also class your career as a success? That'd be that's that's quite. I'll put that back up. Um, yeah. Into the first it, one, it, not at all. I mean, no. I, I my dream was to become a professional football player, and I live my dream. Um, so, I mean, what what I experienced, I experienced. You know, I, I wouldn't change any of that. I mean, my experiences made me who I am today, and a lot of the negative experiences that I've had in life. I have had in life I've had massive positive um repercussions you know, oh, the yeah, end of them. Yeah. so Definitely. I don't I don't you know I don't I don't think or stress about the 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 worries or the struggles that I had during my career no, I I I look back and and I have very very many happy memories um and I I definitely class my career as a success because I had I stayed in the game for 10 years you know, people outside of the game often don't realise how, how difficult it is to become a professional football player, but also to stay a professional football player. It's it's, it's incredibly difficult. Um, so just to have a career playing, for, you know, I played professional for 10 years. You know, that's, that's, that's insane. And when I look at it, when I, if I think back to when I was younger, and if someone said, you know, you, you play, you'll be a professional for 10 years, you'll play over 300 games, play in the Premier League, you know, all the other leagues, you'll play in the Olympics and play for England at two different, you know, youth levels. I, there's nothing. I'll take that. I'll take that. Sounds good I'm to me. I've got, okay, I'll go on. Oh, I, I was going to do, I'll do it. I was going to do a question. And if you want to do a question, Lee. Uh, no, you go, go first. You go first. Um, so I've got a I've got a Watford fan um, at uh, ninety seven Luke Alexander. He wanted to ask. Obviously, um, he really admired you um, playing for Watford, but he obviously mm -hmm. knows it was very difficult uh, during the time at Watford because obviously they you even said it yourself they weren't the the big club that they are now. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the times they had to sort of sell players based on trying to just keep afloat. Really, yeah, you know, that was keep the yeah oh yeah. So that was his question. Um, what was it like to, cause he felt like he, it was one of those situations as opposed to any other. Um, they lost Danny Graham to very, very similar circumstances as well. So do you feel like that was maybe the case as to why you went on deadline day? Because yeah, probably. Um, the, at the time, I think there were two of us who the club saw as sellable assets, myself and AD Mariapa, who's now back at the club. Um, yeah. and they needed to sell one of us to keep afloat you know I don't think that's any secret at the time every every year the club was selling players for you know a million couple million maybe or selling a few players to to balance the books and keep going really and at the time the, the club the aim the only aim was to survive you know stay in the championship and and keep the books afloat and you know for me at the time it was I was a player that ended up going if you if you had to say, would you have stayed at, at Watford? I mean, if 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 the club, it's it's difficult to say because at the time, I mean, we all know who the owner was at the time, but at the time, the the club weren't really looking to 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 kick on, and obviously, in my career, I wanted to kick on. If I knew that the club were going to wanted to move forward and 
and and progress or you know just be more than just happy to just settle then i would i would have stayed there my whole career oh, 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 wow that's some big words that's pretty cool yeah i, I think that's a massive thing that's pretty um, cool do you think medication counselling or peer support helps you or a bit of both? Obviously, um, obviously what we you've you've known what we've done for years, uh, mm. regarding walking and so forth. I think to me it was definitely uh something that's really changed my life and opened up a massive, massive, massive conversation with so many people i've met the most wonderful people uh through yeah. this and um you're, you're welcome on a walk anytime marvin you know that i've been trying to yeah. get you for years but you're not listening to me um do you think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'll have to drag you out of the ass mate i'll have to drag you out we're gonna go for a walk when this COVID 19 is over uh what what, what cool. do you what do you feel um do you still take medication or do you No, actually um i think different things help at different points um, if someone said to me at that time, right, you need to talk, that, that wouldn't have done anything for me because I didn't want to talk. Uh, medication helped me. I didn't enjoy it, but it definitely helped me at the time I had it. Um, counseling helped me at the time I had it. Um, and peer support has helped a lot, you know, since. I don't think there is really an answer to that question because it very much depends on each person and, and what they feel comfortable with what helps them and where they're at as well. No, totally. Going back to the peer support thing, do, are you, obviously, you retired last, last, in the last season. Yeah. Yeah, I've made it, so it's all going crazy. These days are going crazy at the moment. Um, and obviously, you retired at the age of 28. Um, yeah. we, we caught up with each other just before Christmas and I saw you for the first time with a smile on your face and I, I commented on you on the day and I said, yeah. Marvin, you're smiling. This is wicked. This is great. Normally you, you just didn't have that, that, that Marvin face, that, that, that smiley, you know, happy person. And mm. I could see that leaving football really done the well for you. And how are you feeling since you've left the game? Are you still in contact with people in the game? Are you still uh, helping people or, or are you, is there anything that you're trying to do to to bring mental health and help um, other professional football players? Um, well, I speak to you know the, the odd player that I played with. Really, I think football is a very fast game; it moves on very quickly. Um, yeah. Most of my my best, my closest friends are are players I played with in the academy at Watford, and and have are all have moved on from football. Um, I, I, I do bits and bobs with, with clubs, whether it's, you know, speaking engagements or just being a part of campaigns like the Heads Up campaign. Obviously, I've been quite a big part of, I've been a big advocate for and um, been supportive of because I think it's massive and, you know, it's, it's a very high-profile campaign, which is gets it gets the conversation to an even wider audience. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's that's been going on for a couple of yeah. years now. Uh, the Heads Up campaign, obviously, you're an ambassador for Calm. We all know Calm. Yeah. Calm is a campaign against living miserably, which is a phone line uh, dedicated to men between the time of five till twelve every single night. And feel free to find it. We put the link in the description underneath. Yeah. You know, everybody is struggling at the moment, and I just want to say, Marvin. I can't thank you enough for coming on. 
you know that's okay yeah um, it, it means so much to me and obviously everybody tomorrow marvin is on the bbc on five past eight with uh yeah, so on. a young man called william i've never heard of him <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard of him um but no before we, we, will... before we bounce though marvin i just wanted to talk to you about your 180 uh production company oh. um i checked it out and i got really I, I got really invested in it, invested into it because I thought it was really, really cool. I even watched uh, the Switch uh, with yeah. Nathaniel Phillips, obviously uh, moving to Stuttgart in the second Bundesliga. I love football. I play. I, I live on breathe on Football Manager. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you do, Marvin. Um, I did, yeah, when I was younger. Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, Deacon ain't, Deacon ain't grown up. I'm not grown up. I'm still not grown up. Still doing Football Manager. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I found, uh, I found, the, I found it fantastic. The visuals and everything like that. The sound, the music, and everything worked fantastic so um i know that you've got something coming soon on your twitter yes yeah, so in the pipeline so our, um, our digital channel um uh very shortly um we did a co we co-produced a mini series with yahoo which is going to come out in july which is on Amazing. football it touches on the darker sides of football the, the the side that football players know um and it's very common within football but Aren't, isn't isn't common knowledge to outside of the industry really so touch on mental health bullying homophobia racism um uh injuries and dealing with that and yeah i mean it's, it's wow. really strong i mean all the people are all either current players or ex and every single person is anonymous because that's the way it has to be um, wow. which is, oh, which that's going to be very interesting. Which, which definitely keeps I loved, I loved the, the, I loved the, the switch. I thought it was great because it's, it's quite unusual uh, an English player um, going abroad. It's, it's yeah. very, very unusual to so to follow uh, uh, Phillips over to Stuttgart um, and and how he's handling it. You know, and the small things that you forget about the fact that he's, you know, he's having to sort of cook and live, you know, live for himself, and and mm. just and, and and he even said it himself. One of the things that he struggles with in the in the short is uh, loneliness. He's he's, he's alone yeah. a lot of the time, um, and he only knows like uh, yes or and good in German, mm. uh, and they all think he's absolutely nuts, which is fair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. So I just wanted to touch on that on the one eighty. Um, I even like the idea of the name, turning things around, sort of switching it up. Um, I thought that was fantastic. So if you haven't checked it out, guys, go and check it out. 180. It's on obviously on your Twitter, uh, Marvin, and go yeah. and check out the uh, and go and check out the piece called the Switch. 100. percent um, I've even shown my my community. It. It's a brilliant piece. So I'm looking Thank forward you. to seeing more. Yeah, we're definitely keeping uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that, Marvin. That'd be really yeah. interesting. And we'll watch tomorrow. Like I said, Martin, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot to me. Say hello to, to the family for me. Yeah, I will when it all finishes, uh thanks, mate. When it all finishishes, we'll catch up again and uh, go for a walk. And I'm I'm determined. It's been three years trying to get you on a walk. I'm, I'm determined now. Yeah, there's no Every excuse now. Me. Every time you ask me, it's winter. It's when the football season is. Well, things are different now. You know, when this opens up. You know, you know, yeah. the football season's dragged on. I think maybe. everybody be running to Birmingham from that one. Yeah, <laughs> well, everyone's going to be really excited about it. Just on the traps. That's it. Gone. But no, Marvin, I thank you so much, mate. I can't, I can't nice. thank you enough. Well, everybody, it's been a really good episode. Thank you so much for your comments. We will get, uh, we'll, we'll try to get to them. But till next time, till next week, look after yourself, keep talking, 
remember help each other if you can and keep smiling people